Hey guys, welcome back to the Alfredo's Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works, where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. Oh, my name is Ben. Hello. <laughs> hey David, how's it going? I'm just, the last six weeks of introductions have been, every time I finish my bit, someone just has worried. some kind of bodily malfunction. You just, you're just worried. You don't yeah. know what's going to come. It stresses me out. Yeah. Um, look, this month is a short month, so we figured we'd keep the theme as vague as possible. So we're talking about... A vague film. You can do the title. I don't like it when you do the segues. No, They're not very bad. Um, well, you know, last week we talked about Captain Marvel, which kind of reinvented the superhero origin story. So this week we figured, what better than to talk about a film which ostensibly... Uh, doesn't do fuck all. ...reinterprets what video game movies are, for better or for worse. I because guess. this week we're talking about the reinvention of Serenity. 2019. Not to be confused with the film Serenity from 2005, which was the closure to the tv show firefly um the reinvention of firefly I, so 2005 this film i <laughs> want to start i want to start with like <laughs> did you know anything about it going in i knew that well because you had told me that it's like the worst or like the best video game film oh, and i shouldn't I, have ruined it and i completely forgot about that no one <laughs> i completely forgot no okay here's so but like, what do you? Okay, tell and, me I, and, I, it, and, and I'll I, tell you the backstory. And I had been told that it was like, oh, it's like three films in one, which I don't agree with entirely. But yeah, uh, yeah that's all. I just knew it was a bit of a weird film, and there was a guy trying to get a fish, catch a fish called Justice. Um, yeah, yeah. So when the film came out, no one knew that that twist was in it. Like they didn't. No, like, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It was, it was not just, advertised. That it was way. advertised as like a straight thriller, yeah. right? And it turns out to be this neo. Noir thriller, also video game. <laughs> video games. It's so fucking it's weird. Fucking um, <laughs> it was written and produced by Stephen Knight, and it follows the story of a boat captain who was approached by his ex-wife to murder her abusive husband. Um, it's got Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway, a bunch of really famous people. Was that your? Was that the? No, the summary's to come. Okay, I was going to say if that's the summary, then that's that's all we need. No, that's the topic sentence that okay. I do every episode. You just don't right. really notice because I'm quite good at sneaking no. it in. This time. I changed my tone and intonation and it, for some And reason. it turned into the summary, and I thought it was a summary. It was a very short summary. Um, but no, it, this film is so weird. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like. Did you did you like it? I don't know. <laughs> I kind of I've seen it twice now, and both times I just got to the end, and I kind of went, I don't know if I liked it. Or I, I I I enjoyed up to a point this film. Like there was a, I remember there being a a point. Like, halfway through the film when I was like, I'm really enjoying this. Like, I really... And I didn't know about the twist. I was like, I really like this. Like, I like where this is going. Right. I like the tension. I don't know what's going to happen, which is usually a good thing. Yep. And then, like, ten minutes later, I'm like, nah, never mind. This film fucking sucks. <laughs> I hate it. All the tension is gone. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, and a, it's a hard one. It's a really difficult one. Um, I guess... I'm going to do the summary. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I apologize. Like, I just... Even trying to talk about this film after the fact is so difficult because it's so weird. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Sure. Um, and just try to... Just lay it out. Try to remember that someone wrote a script and they were like, make the film. And then, and then it got greenlit. Like, and then like a bunch of very talented people and, yeah. turned up on set and they got a bunch of money for it and they made a film. Yeah. Um, so it's on YouTube for six bucks. Keep, Australian. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knows this. We buy most of our films on YouTube. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, the best service for getting films. And cheapest... Most yeah, reliable. If it's yeah. not on Netflix, it's probably on YouTube, and it's probably like five bucks. Hey, why aren't I just buying them on our sh- on the shared DCM Works account, and then we'll talk about it later. Anyway, <laughs> then we have to buy it twice. So summary time. 
Um, DCM works. We need to have produce, films get bought We need twice. to have production conversations off camera. Um, okay. Stay with me. Baker Dill is a fishing boat captain living a quiet and sheltered life on an island off the coast of Florida. Uh, okay, continue. <laughs> he spends his days leading tours off a tranquil tropical enclave called Plymouth Island and is obsessed with catching justice, an elusive giant fish. Tuna. Is it? Okay. Um, one day, his ex-wife Karen tracks him down with a desperate plea for help. She begs Dill to save her and the young son from her new violent husband, Frank, offering Dill 10 million big ones to drop her husband into the ocean for the sharks to eat. She tells Dill that Frank will be arriving later in that week and that they have booked Dill for a fishing trip, the perfect opportunity for Dill to throw him overboard. Torn between what is right and wrong, Dill is thrust back into a life he tried to forget as his world is plunged into a new reality that may not all be what it seems. It soon becomes apparent that Dill is a character in a computer game. <laughs> Fuck Sorry, me. continue. Fuck <laughs> me. One designed by his son, Patrick. Dill, whose real name is John Mason, was killed in Iraq in 2006. Patrick had based the character on a memory of his father taking him fishing when he was three years old. They didn't catch any fish, which is why Dill can't catch justice. But when Karen, a widow, remarries, Patrick later introduces his mother and abusive stepfather as new characters in the game and changes Dill tasks from catching Dill's task from catching tuna to murdering his stepfather. Dill soon begins to realize that he and the other inhabitants of Plymouth Island are merely characters created by his son. Nevertheless, he decides to go along with the objective of killing Frank. As Dill carries out the objective, Patrick summons up the courage to confront Frank in real life and stabs him the fuck in the chest with a knife that used to belong to his father. Frank dies and Patrick is charged with murder, but he is released into his mother's custody while awaiting trial. He designs a new computer game in which he and his father are reunited. But like, what does it mean? I... Just, what's, 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 where's, what does it mean? My main thing is like, explain the ending to me, YouTube star David McNeil. There already are so many videos out there that yeah. do that and they're all bad. <laughs> um, I, I'll say this if, if you run a channel based on explaining video game and like, or it's like film or video game, <laughs> video game endings, whatever it is to people, like, I'm fine with that. Don't get me wrong. But unless you're doing it and you also hate it, then get the fuck out. Like, unless you're like the, you know, Mr. Sunday movies of the industry where you're like, the new Avengers trailer comes out and you're like, fuck, I have a family and a child yep. and I'm awake at 2am making a fucking trailer breakdown. And half of his video on the new Avengers Endgame like, trailer is him being like, it's fucking 2am. My kids <laughs> sleep in the next room. It's, like, unless you're doing that, fucking get a real job. But what I would say is I don't even know if this film works. So I've watched it twice. Right. And there are some cool moments that I like. I like when he opens the map on the... And, yeah, and you go, <laughs> he just has this big map. With a tiny eye. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) And it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, wait, what's... Okay, what I like, and this was... And this was sort of before the twist happened. And it's kind of like, it's a lot of, like, absurdity. And it's kind of similar to, like, where he pulls out the map. And it's this huge map with a tiny island. There's there's so many points in this film where they, they really lean into... If you know the twist, there's parts that makes sense mm-hmm. you're like i know why characters are acting in this way but yeah. if you don't know the twist it's really like kind of interesting and you sort of you start realizing things i made i made this comment so laura knew the twist we were watching it together i didn't and i made a comment sort of like towards the start of the film and i was like i was like that i was like there's two characters in this film there's dill and there's everyone else which is 
accurate when you know the twist, which is he's in a video game and these are all just NPCs. Well, they're they're written... Because there'll be be like a conversation where Dill will have... He'll he'll have one conversation between like three different people where he'll go to, from one person. They'll give him the first half of the and conversation, then some, but it all flows. Sort of, like but it all, one it just flows through. And as a viewer, you're just like, ah, oh, they sort of, you know, you're like, ah, oh, it's like a small town, a small island. Like what gets around, but it's like. What is getting around very quickly? The- and like the the guy in the suit who's just pure ridiculousness, like up until the point where he gets revealed who he is, and you're like, oh, that I'm not a fan of that now. He but did- like, I don't know him if- just like like walking through the water at the start of the film, where Do he you- takes his shoes off and then just wades through like waist high water. I'm like, what is this film? That's something out of like and like. Uh- it's out of a. It's like, uh, did we watch uh, that Quentin Dupieux film? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> shit. Um, uh, that film about a guy trying to find yeah, his dog. Yeah, I could look it's it up. that film. Like it's it's it, it's it's on our channel. It's that's what I was gonna say. It reminded yeah. me of where it's like you know they're in the office building in that film. And it's raining and the sprinklers are just on. And it rains inside all the yeah. time. Um, and they're just fine with it. Like the the there's bits of that. And to, for me, I like getting the reveal. That was the point where I was like, ah. Oh, like they're kind of just like can, explaining. Can you explain before? Because I got a lot of analysis I want to do. Can you explain the twist with the guy in the suit, just for anyone who hasn't seen it? Uh he's I don't I don't know. <laughs> he's just he's he's part of the. I guess he's part of like he knows he's part of the computer game. I he's guess he's kind of like Agent Smith almost, where he's like yeah, part of regulating he's sort of the self aware. He's he's the closest to like a real acknowledgement of the world that they're in mm-hmm. where it's it's almost as if he's like an outsider he's like he's like separate from the video game and he's mm-hmm. sort of coming it, it, it's the problem i have with him is that when you sort of have this video game metaphor and you have this metaphor the film that, is called wrong yes right so, yeah quentin Devin. um when you when you sort of have this premise of like okay he's uh dill is in a video game, and it's kind of implied that he's an artificial intelligence. Like the Patrick has Patrick. Uh, Patrick's a kid, yeah. yeah. He's like Patrick built- has made an AI of his dad. I like yeah. that's what I there's there's bits where they sort of there's well, there's like audio snippets when he's in the water swimming butt naked that's- and you get to see his butt. Um and oh, they're doing like snippets of Who the fuck is Matthew McConaughey anymore? Like <laughs> I just and they'd sort of have snippets of like, oh artificial intelligence and stuff. So it's like my idea was just like, oh, he's made this AI. And then he's put him in this world. And they could have sort of done, like, really interesting things. Because with, with artificial intelligence... And this is sort of, like, a technical thing. This is, well, this is why I wanted to get your opinion. Yeah, right? with artificial intelligence, the way you sort of build it... And the way, it, the way most, like, advanced AI works and why YouTube is a mess... Is that you, you don't give it rules. You just give it a goal and then, like, the environment. So you say, I want you to do this. So for YouTube, it's I want you to make money. Mm-hmm. And then they give it the environment of just, here's all the YouTube videos. Here's every video. And then YouTube, will, the algorithm, or the AI, it's an AI, will start recommending videos to make the most money. And this, Dill is sort of, you know, he's, he's an AI and his goal is catch the fish. Right. And where it gets interesting is when you have, you know, when you ask YouTube engineers and people have sort of done this, is like, how does the algorithm work? They respond with, we don't know. We don't know. Because that's how AI works. You just, it has a goal, you give it in the environment and yeah. it just, it just kind of does it. And I was sort of, when I sort of like, when the twist was sort of revealed, I was thinking back, I was like, well, they could have gone down that path where it's like, 
Dill is sort of, he's an artificial intelligence made by Patrick, and Patrick has made this wild for him to, that's mm-hmm. the environment that he lives in. And he's giving him the goal, which is to catch the fish. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of interesting because then when you take, if you take an AI that's good at, really good at doing one thing, but then try to make it do something else, it, it tends to fall over. So I was like, oh, it's like they're trying to, he's like, all right, you've, you've changed. Yeah, when he's like, he's changed the rules. That's like, he's just changed the goal. Yeah. It's like, all oh, this stuff is really interesting. But, like, enough of it is weirdly wrong. I, where it's like, they clearly, they were clearly like, we want to do, like, a techie kind of inspired with, like, AI and stuff. Yeah. But they didn't do enough research. It sounds like what would happen if you called me on, like, a Friday night. And I was like, hey, Ben, how does AI work? And I'm writing a script, right? Right. And I write it, and then I never consult with you again. Yeah. Like, just, I, we have, like, what, we have one phone call, and then I go, great, I'll write the script, and I'll put it out the door. Yeah. And then you see the film, and you're like, dude. That's it's like for, even for me on the like a I can like imagine they went to an AI specialist and an AI person told them, All right, you have this thing called an called a rational agent and because sort of in the technical term, a rational agent is the AI bit. It takes the input, it has a goal, it does the output. Yeah. The rational agent isn't like the robot. So the if you have like a robot that is meant to walk around and do things, mm-hmm. the rational agent is like the brain. So it it's not the robot itself. It makes decisions. Yeah. So I feel like in this film they were like, Okay, Dill's the robot. But and and the and the 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 Fontaine person, he's the he's the agent. He's the agent. He's the agent. We're gonna dress him up like Agent Smith. We're gonna make him look like a fancy person. It did seem like their interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, but that's not what a rational agent is. Like, if Dill should be, he's kind of the robot and the agent. Like, they they kind of mucked up their uh, metaphor. I like the yeah the allegory kind of falls apart then. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's serviced well. Okay, so. People fucking hate this film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> just this film isn't good. <laughs> but what I will say is there's a lot of stuff about it that I didn't like, um, but I could kind of see what they were trying to do. I'm going to pull up the quote from... I didn't fucking save it for some reason, but... <laughs> nice. Well, normally I goes into my notes, but I just didn't. Um, there was a quote from Stephen Knight where he basically was like, I know people are going to hate this, like, <laughs> um, which I love. Well, it's a very... I mean, it. it's not... Yeah, it's not a traditional film. Like, it's... But the question that I want to interrogate throughout our kind of exploration here is, like, whether it's actually good or not. Because that's... And, like, I know that we're not people that give anything scores. We're like, we're, no. we're, like, what we're trying to work out is, like, if it has value. Um, and I'm just going to find this quote from Knight here. Um, but, but, but. Yeah, Knight said, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but he basically said... Um, I was expecting the negative reviews. People weren't going to get this film, and that's fine. It wasn't for people. It was for me. <laughs> Which, <sighs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Normally, I'd be like, yeah, you go, you go get them. Like, you go do your art. But I don't think uh, it works. So, here's the thing. So, I, I think the film thinks it's more clever than it is. Yeah, if, so, talking about, like, films that people don't get and are made for the director, there's this really good time travel film called Primer that we're going to watch. I'm going to make you watch it at some point. That's definitely a film that is like a lot of people don't understand it. The people who get it really like it. And it's definitely a film for the director. For one, he stars in it. Like he literally like he's also like an engineer. So like he wrote this really technical film, which is really solid. It's about time travel. It does really well. And it's really fucking hard to watch. And it's kind of like this where it's like there's so many twists and turns and but it's actually executed well. Um, This doesn't quite get. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's just like if this was made for you. Are you a are you a game designer? Do you have a son who's kind of going through, you know, are you the stepdad? Like where are Could, you in this who's, film? Yeah, who's the 
I th- if this I film is for you, what part of this film is for you? That's that's the crucial thing, right? Because I don't want to touch too much in like authorial intent or like death of the author or anything like that. Because I don't think it necessarily has a place in this story or this reading of what we're going to talk about. But it's definitely worth saying. Well, normally when you watch a film, it's like when we watch Don John, right? That film is the person who like the protagonist that you identify with is John. Yeah. Where you're like, I am, like, Joseph Gordon Levitt is the point of view character, but more so than that, the film is from someone who's been through those experiences of addiction, right? right? It's from that perspective. And in the same way that, like, when you watch, um, you know, fluffy trash nonsense like Captain Marvel, where it's like a fun action <laughs> film, right? Right. You identify with the hero because you go, yeah, I have empathy and compassion and I want to stand up for what's right. Yeah. It's an easy analog for you to, like, you, you can take away the abstraction. But who in this film, do, like, in the Matrix, which isn't at, like people compared it to the Matrix. In the Matrix, you get where um, Neo's coming from because he's just a normal dude, like he's a normal office schlub who's well, also yeah. A when, you, when you have that that hero's journey, you're able to just that that first step is literally just like we've got to get the viewer, the yeah. reader, let's, consumer, and let's, let's let them into understand the main the character, yeah. right? And that this film doesn't, doesn't have that have step that. one, yeah. And some of the dialogue in this, and you kind of touched on it too, is. I think a lot of people read it as corny where they have those, like, where he says something and then three or four people continue the conversation. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like, there was a comment that I read where it was, they said that it was so bad to the point of being self-parody. Um, but I think, and one of my biggest reads on this film is I think a lot of people miss the point. Like, because when you get to that twist, when when the twist happens, I went, oh, I have to yeah. watch it again. Yeah. And then I watched it again and I went, dude, this is fucking, this is really interesting. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's good or not, but I was like, oh, I can see what they were trying to do. They were trying to have that, like, yeah, kids that write video games and young people that write video games do that kind of dialogue where, yeah. you know, and it's it's that round table, like, everyone takes their turn to speak. It doesn't happen in real life. Yeah, and, like, the the weird, like, sort of flipped kind of narrative with him and who's the woman's name who he sleeps with and she pays him and he brings her her cat. It's basically just, like, a daily quest from like an mmo where it's just like i log on every day i get the cat i burn the woman i get the gold it's the i do that every day because i play world of warcraft it's like it's it's and it's weird because you're like okay it was like she's paying him like my brain doesn't my brain doesn't accept that because i live in a patriarchal society Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like and if, but if Matthew McConaughey the, slept with me every day, I'd be... I'd pay him. I, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I'd pay him to bring yeah. my cat home. But it, yeah, once when you get the twist, like that kind of stuff makes sense. But it's... It's it almost doesn't go in hard enough. But I, I, that's kind of my reading too. So one of my biggest things about this is like the concept outweighs the execution. When if, you, if you're going to explore... Cause so normally what happens... So when we say video game movie, what we normally mean is a movie Adaptation. based on a video game. Yeah. But this is a movie about video games to an extent it's a it's a it could have been about that it's not quite like that yeah i I think you're right because you could have gone in and you could have been like you could imagine a different version of this film where it's it all feels like like kind of quests he's checking off yeah they could have done like the like the the cornetto trilogy kind of like speed cuts showing his day-to-day routine where like he does the same thing every day and you're like that's interesting he's doing the same thing every day Maybe it's a video game. I mean, you, could, you could even like do three or four sequences, and the more he does, then the less he gets from them. Yeah, and little like, things like that. With the when the when the Fontaine guy comes along, is like trying to catch him up, and he's just like he's twenty seconds off schedule. That really early, you're like, oh, like that's interesting. My brain was like, is this a time travel film? Um, but it's like, yeah, I, I went to that. They never show that line is really misplaced because they never show 
the Concept. always on time like nature of like he you never see him always leave at exactly well, the same time so when he comes along and says he's 20 seconds off schedule my brain was immediately like oh you must be a time traveler or else why would you know that he's leaving at whatever arbitrary time he would li- leave at which you said before we don't have that first hero's journey section yeah, where yeah, you yeah. get the ordinary we, world yeah the, the biggest there's nothing ordinary is, about is, this film. Is, is there's no bedding of the concepts and there's no like first act to get I mean, the exposition. I mean, it opens in. with him hooking this giant fucking tuna. Right. And for that to be the opening shot, that's the only grounding you have as being the normal world is that he wants to catch the fish, which is like a big part of the film, but it's it's not enough to hold up the rest of the interactions you, he has when he's not catching the fish. You need to he say his normal day. twice in this film. Once at the start of the film and once, once at, at the, the climax. Yeah. There's no normality in that. We need a single sequence and it can be 50, like, okay. It'd be like if you opened Jaws and you didn't see Hooper just faffing around the town before all the stuff happens with the shark. Or you didn't see people just at the beach enjoying themselves. Yeah. It's just shark attack. Yeah, it, it, you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like well, what the you'd be like, well, what's the normal world look like? Yeah. Is a shark attacks normal? Are they constant? Is this Pacific so, Rim? Because you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exact, exactly that. <laughs> there is no bedding of these concepts. So then when the twists occur, you go, well, is it a twist or is this normal? Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about, like, things being derivative, and the biggest criticism it got is it's like, the, the writing's corny, the twist is fucking weird <laughs> and a lot of people yeah. just don't get it right. and they were like what's well, derivative it's lazy and i'm like i don't i don't think that's the problem i think it being derivative and lazy is kind of the point i don't like i never sort of thought i mean like at once i would have been like oh it's like the matrix but it was never like a major point of like focus for me i was never like just like oh this is just the worst matrix i think in the sense that it's just a noir film but it happens to be set i think it wants to be like bloodline or it wants to be like ozark or these kind of new thriller you know noir films that are set in like i mean both of i mean obviously ozark copied bloodline but like it's they're they're these thrillers set in like small kind of beach country settlements in like america like and you know the ozarks is like the obviously the ozarks peninsulas and like they have that tension of like it's a small town but there's like this fishing industry and like all that stuff and it just feels like this film wanted to be that but then also this whole other thing and in doing both that just there's this big gap in the middle. Where- yeah, and like I found the tension of the fish to be quite engaging. Mm. Like I found like sort of at that midpoint, like when he's fired his his second hand, yes. and and they're at the bar, and this is sort of this is like one of the sort of three person conversations he has, but he's talking to his second hand, where he sort of where he's told his second hand about the offer that he got from his ex-wife mm-hmm. and it they sort of cut through time and then it's implied that he's told him mm-hmm. and he gives us he gives him this sort of you know this rundown where it's just like you're a good man you know just he's offering you ten thousand dollars to just take him out it's two for me eight for you it's ten million by the way ten thousand for just taking him out 10 oh million that's right. for killing him killing Sorry. although i think that two for me eight for anyway yeah, long story short sorry yeah he he sort of gives this you know he he presents to him this idea it's just like you either catch the fish or you kill the man and i was like oh my god i have no idea what's gonna happen right i was like i, I don't know because like he cause, could do either and that's such a good man <laughs> it's such a good idea and, it, like, and it's uh, the kind of thing where that kind of storyline that kind of noir like tension when when you don't have the setup of the hero's journey those kind of two purely like just like abstract concepts you get engaged because you kind of 
Because on just a base idea, you can understand, okay, killing people is bad, but like 10 million, but also like this fish, we have this idea because of the start of the film, which is really well presented where he's like fucking killing himself to get this fish in it's and he gets so close. Fish. You're like, you're like, I don't know. Like it could go either way. Well, here's, here's and the then, thing. And then it gets revealed it's a video game and he's like, well, I guess I got to kill the guy. And you're like, no. Well, here's, here's he's like so set on killing the guy. And then even when they do bring the fish in, you're like, I don't care. He's Here's- not going to catch the fish, because I know he's going to kill hey, the guy. Hey, bud, the fish is called Justice. So, <laughs> me- when, they, when he said the, f- that when he said the so fish was called the Justice, I was like, he's going to catch the fish, and they're going to say, Justice is served. Well, because <laughs> he's a tuna, right? Fucking justice I'm, is served. I'm done. That's, I didn't even think of that. Um, no, but like, because it's- That was my first it's, thought. Well, because if, okay, if the options are you catch the fish or you kill the guy. Yeah. If you catch the fish, the courts come through and- his mum is saved from the abusive husband. Right. Right. Justice prevails. Yeah. Or justice doesn't prevail and you have to do the other thing. So it's this really lazy, like... But then it's a thing where they're like... step metaphor. He, he kills him with justice. Like, he catches justice I, and then gives him the hook. Listen, bud. He's like, you want to yeah. know what this fish's name is? This fish is called justice. You're like, I know. That, <laughs> you don't have to tell me again, Phil. That's where it... <laughs> Kind of fell for apart me. I was just me. like, no. Nah. And then the kid goes out and stabs his dad. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> it, it doesn't. It, this metaphor makes no sense yeah. anymore. It's like they went, guys. People do a lot of allegory in film. We can do one. And then no it's like, one. Why does? It, it never went to a writer's room. It just Stephen because Stephen Knight wrote the whole thing and directed it. And it seems like no one ever said, hey, Steve. Like, and I mean, my my takeaway from that ending is similar to the idea where it's just like he's an AI, where his the son is like, ah. Oh, I need to know what my dad would do in this situation. That kind of comes back to the whole, like, to when him. he rings him and he's just like, I did the bad thing. And then Dill's like, nah, you did what was right, mm. even though it's a bad thing. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, he's developed this AI that so that he, he has could, a relationship with. Yeah, with his dad so that he could know what his dad would do in the situation he's in. And because his dad, because he had given this AI catch the fish and... In the end, he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to catch the fish. I'm going to kill the dad. The kid was like, I'm going to kill the dad. Doesn't make but sense. But it's a weird kind of like jump. You're like, you wrote a computer program that basically flips a coin a bunch of times. Yeah, it's a fucking AI. And then you're like, this this computer told me to kill my dad. It's like, that's like Florida man kills his dad because his computer told him to. Like, it's just... It's just a bad episode of Black Mirror. It is. <laughs> like, it really is, yeah. I was thinking about Bandersnatch, right? And it's a, Bandersnatch is a worse version of this. But this is still a bad version of a good episode of Black Mirror. I mean, Bandersnatch is better than this. Ah, I disagree. Bandersnatch is... Disagree. I liked Bandersnatch. I did. You're the only one! (laughs) If Adam Uh, Adleaf is still in the chat, tell Ben he's wrong. Um, No, look, what I would say... I I think... I'm really conflicted because it explores a lot of those themes of, like, reality. And, like, I was gonna... There was a whole meta reading I had prepared about, like, Lacan and, like, you know, the imagined real... And like yeah. delving back to that, but then I watched it a second time. Like I did all that research in Royal Den. I watched it a second time, and I went, "I don't know that the film." Shut up, Google. I don't know the film is that interested in, like, I don't think I don't think the film is that interested in philosophy or like what it means. I think genuinely they were trying to write a cool thriller with a cool twist, and then and it just snowballed, and then no one said, "Hey guys, don't make it anything but a video game. Make it like a memory or like a." Like a magic thing. Well, make, I mean, just don't make it any of those things. Just tell a really good thriller on an island with... Because the trailer... I don't know if you watched just the trailer for no. this film. It it's just looks the like island. the best fucking thriller. 
Like it's so well cut, and it's like yeah. Matthew, like you don't know what's gonna happen. Like honestly, the trailer is so good. Or like a like a Shutter Island situation where it's like hundred percent, yeah. But like lacks the talent from the people that made Shutter Island. Like yeah. you know the the those directors who kind of have gone on to to work on some of the best projects that are out there. <laughs> Stephen Knight kind of was left to his own devices, and one of the things I think that really hamstrung this film, in, as far as its success is concerned, is they tested it with audiences. Like they did the test screen, they mm. normally do to like decide who to market market it yeah. to, and everyone hated it. Yeah, and they said to Stephen Knight, they were like, "Should we kill it?" And he was like, "Fuck no!" Like this, I made the film that I wanted to make. So as much as I don't love it, <laughs> it's I a kind weird of, film to like want to make. I think what he wanted to do was, I think I just like he's just a thriller, and then put a twist in because twists. Because thrillers used to do that. Twists, like, you, yeah. you know, the, the detective would turn out to have, like, you know, yeah. when he's trying to catch the crook, it would turn out that, like, the crook's his brother or something. Like, yeah. It's like Ellen Noir, which is a great game. Like, that has some really cool twists in it. That, By the way, if you haven't played Ellen Noir, it's one of the best games that's out there. I'm very close to finishing it. I think it's I, so good. I think I need to push through and finish it, yeah. Finish it. I, think, I reckon you have to play it in Just a like single a sitting. sitting. Like, yeah. not a single sitting, but, like, in a few weeks. Yeah. Get the whole story. Go back. It's genius. Yeah. Um, I would start it again. But, like, that story is... The twists are very simple, but they're intriguing because they add layers of complexity. I think yeah. my concern with the twist in this film, and a lot of why everyone just shrugged and went, huh? Is that it doesn't... <laughs> while it adds complexity to the thing you're watching, it doesn't necessarily add complexity to the decision that Dill makes. Yeah. And I think that's if anything, it, Yeah, it just completely deflates any sort of stuff. consequence what of will, his actions. What will be better is if he tries to resist... And the system fights back. And it's kind of an Inception-style problem where it's like the... Because, you know, Inception, when, when you disrupt the subconscious yeah. and they fight back, that... I was waiting for that kind that of thing. That would have been and cool. It, and it never... They, the it programming tries to correct it. It gets close it where just, he's where he's talking to the shopkeeper and he's he's asking, like, these probing questions and, and the shopkeeper she's just, just kind of, like, blanking. Yeah. yeah, and she just, like, resets. I was like, I was like, I wanted more of that when the twist happened, but instead we just kind of got, like, a 20-minute... Just like, okay, the climax has happened, basically. Like, he knows it's a video game, and he's decided he's 100% going to kill the dad, going to kill the stepdad. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of goes on and on and on as they keep just, like, explaining the fact that, yeah, he's in a video game, and you're just like, I don't care. What I want to find out is if he catches the fish or kills the guy, get to the point. Like, you're at that point, you're like, just fucking shut up. And then, like, the sort of the the bit where it's just like oh no he's gotten his hand broken and he's been beat to shit he's not going to be able to go on the boat anymore but he is because his wife's just going to convince him like there's no they keep trying to like there's like three points where they try to throw like a curveball into like the plan where it's like he's been beat to shit because the second mate sent some goon on goons on him the kid is snuck onto the boat stowed away on the boat we can't kill a man in front of this kid but we totally can because it doesn't matter we're just gonna do it anyway and it's like there's just but it all gets solved immediately it's what i call the george lucas problem <laughs> um where but there's a problem and george lucas just goes don't worry i'll fix it well, in a minute <laughs> he's well kind of like he's so he's the ultimate handyman he just well, comes in and he, fixes a problem immediately well, like like in in scenes right like he's so afraid of his characters being in conflict because he loves them all so much he's like i right. love anakin i love everyone so the minute there's a problem they solve it immediately yeah like, by the end of the they scene they can't hate gone. each other yeah yeah there can't be any long-seated conflict right it has to be like is it fixing the scene if yes or if they are gonna hate each other one of them just has to die just right there we well, can't well that solves the conflict yeah because one of them's dead <laughs> like that's a thing he does yeah watch my fucking three-part <laughs> star wars prequel breakdown on the antagonist uh. channel but like that's kind of what this film does where it's like here's a bunch of interesting conflict 
we're going to solve it immediately and it's going to be boring. Yeah. And it just, what it speaks to me is a writer who had a great idea for a film that he wanted to do, but had none of the experience or the theory behind it to execute on those ideas. So what ends up happening is the ideas and the concepts take over the execution and always, always execution has to come first. The best stuff that we talk about, the stuff that we love, the stuff that we break and get into and crack into and we're like, wow, this is so complex and interesting. It executes well and then everything else flows from that. And this film fails conceptually because it can't <laughs> execute on its concepts yep. and fails conceptually because ultimately what it's trying to explore isn't as interesting as it thinks it is. 